0: Hello everybody, happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to Shoutbox. Before we introduce today's guest, I wanna talk a little bit about social media. One of the really wonderful things about the digital community is you have these interesting little pockets of like-minded folks who are able to connect with who don't live near you, you may not have run into in real life. Facebook has its own personality, Twitter has its own personality, Instagram has its own personality. I always liken Twitter to being almost a giant coffee shop in which you have these little clutches of of folks who are able to trade things and someone walks in and someone walks out so you can have these little interesting conversations throughout the day. And one of those amazing folks who I happen to meet on Twitter is Claire Aron, who has self-described herself as the laser femme artist and LGBTQ plus rights advocate and self-proclaimed bad musician and worse writer. Claire, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Hi. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I I really want to hear your bad music and read your writings now.
1: Nobody needs that. Nobody (laughs) needs
0: that in their life. So, uh, Claire, you know, it's been really interesting meeting, you know, a lot of folks on Twitter, uh, you know, the past couple of months, and you in particular. I know that one of the things that I... Yeah, I really enjoy is that you, you tend to exude a lot of happiness you know, on the platform, and I think it's a very welcoming quality, and you're very supportive, too. And I think that's sort of how our conversations began. I'd love to learn more about your background. If you want to start from the beginning, I know I had asked you before, how was the transition, and how, how was your family? What was that story like?
1: I actually hadn't spoken to anyone in my family for over a decade, When I started transitioning, I I guess about, and I was pretty, like, resigned to not contacting my family anymore because I just had a sort of rough upbringing. And uh, um, I guess about six months in, I just started getting this feeling like I wanted to talk to my mom who I hadn't spoken to in ages. I have a twin sister, and I told her, hey. Do you want me to get the family together for Thanksgiving? And I'm going to come visit. Like, I just want to see everyone and see how it goes. And I went home and I was waiting at my sister's place. And my mom pulled up and she walked up to me. And, you know, here I am. She hasn't seen me in a decade. (laughs) You know, I'm wearing a dress and I'm just a little bit nervous. And she just walks up and she just grabs me and gives me this huge hug and starts crying her eyes out. It was, like, this really hugely emotional moment, and then, you know, for the next few hours, we just chatted, and she had a lot of questions about what was going on with me, and we have gotten, you know, much, much closer ever since. We talk every week for multiple hours. My aunts, all my cousins, everybody was really supportive, like, basically immediately, which is bizarre, because we're all, like, you know, Southern... Well, I'm not a Southern conservative evangelical, but they are, and... That's just kind of unusual for people of that description to kind of embrace having, like, a trans person in the family. And uh, I had one aunt who sort of went rogue from the rest of the group, and I just said, you know, we don't have to communicate, (laughs) but you have a wonderful life. But everyone else was amazing.
0: That's really heartwarming. You know, that's fantastic. Um, How how long ago did you begin your your transition?
1: I went full-time about... Two and a half months before, like, starting my medical transition. So that would have been uh, March of last year, so March 2018.
0: Have you always been close to your twin sister as well, or was that also part of the family that you weren't talking to?
1: We just had a sort of spotty relationship. She was the one person in my family who I went back and forth. She kind of transcends family. We have a connection. I, I kept in contact with her, but it was just really sparse. And now I talk to everyone all the time, and... It's just been really surprising and amazing and unexpected, and I love it.
0: So let's talk about that. You know, one of the things that you had shared with me offline was that you now experience the world differently in a very positive way. How has becoming Claire? How has that helped you embrace who you really are? It's
1: such a huge question. Like um, (laughs) I'm known for. I I guess in the past, (laughs) yeah. In the past, so much of my energy was focused on not letting anyone. Kind of see the the sort of feminine qualities that I had. I was acting basically for my entire life, trying to fit expectations. When I finally snapped, and it was like I, I've got to make this change. Sort of slowly but surely, I became more outgoing. Since I wasn't so focused on me, I started like really appreciating other people and their personalities. How it felt to be with others and just be comfortable doing that, instead of like constantly worried about. Every movement that I'm making and like, you know, if I'm going to hurt someone's feelings or should I touch that person or should I let this person into my personal space? Now I just am like, you know, giving people hugs all the time, of course you know, offering first. It's just been really different. Like I appreciate other people for who they are because I'm not so focused on who I am.
0: I know having spoken to others about this, there's been an expression of you were covering for who you really were. That meant that what you felt inside, uh, there was a discordance with how people were viewing you. To me, identity and, and learning who you are is about being able to show people, you know, your reality so you can live it and they can see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am, like, more me every day. I literally used to just go home and sit in my apartment and play video games, like, on my computer, and people were like, hey, we're going to go out and drink, and I would be like, is my desk going to be at the bar? Because if it's not, I'm not going to the bar. <laughs> and now, it's like, I don't even want to sit down at my desk, because I really want to get out and experience the world, because everything feels different, you know, filtered through this, like, Much better adjusted lens that like transition I was given me.
0: Let's talk a little bit about community. What things. Fell into place that helped you decide to make this leap.
1: Like what helped me decide to transition?
0: Yeah, I mean, was there a source of inspiration, or was it was it purely something that that you just drove without you know connecting with others, or you know, how did that work?
1: I guess I didn't actually understand what it meant to be transgender until like five years ago. I always knew that I was a girl, but I, I also knew that if I acted like any other girl around my family, that it it was trouble for me. So I couldn't do it. I had this like media indoctrination that the word of the time was transsexual. Some people still of course use that. The media sort of painted people who were transsexual as kind of deviant or, you know, weird or disordered or something. And when I finally learned what it meant to be transgender, it kind of like turned my world upside down. And I knew, I'm like, that's definitely me. So I started absorbing all this information about trans people and just saying, it's like, oh, that is just a normal person who was assigned the wrong birth path. Aside from how society views us and treats us, there's nothing like you know crazy or wacky about trans people. We have the same like distribution of interests and you know personalities as everyone else in the world. But I stayed in the closet for three and a half years because I did see how society treats trans people, and I was terrified. I was like, you know, I have this life that I had been building up, this career that I've been working on, and you know what's going to happen to all this if if I come out and say, look, everyone, I'm actually a woman. Like, am I going to lose everything? It, it was it was a terrifying prospect. I had this friend. I I still have this friend, and they're non-binary, and they're they're the person who kind of like initially got me like curious about what it meant to be trans. Like, they came. To work at the, the place that I was working at at the time, <laughs> I was like, oh, you can just do this? Like, this is something that you can just do? And I, of course, didn't ask them that. Like, that was, that was like my own internal monologue. I, I just treated them with respect as much as I could. It was also new to me at the time. You know, fast forward a couple of years, and I was going down this sort of downward spiral of like finally understanding who I am, but tr- trying so hard not to become that person in the world. Because I, you know, I didn't want to lose everything at the time I was dating this wonderful uh, woman. And eventually it just got to be too much. And it, and it was it was breaking me. And she suggested I go to therapy, even though she didn't know what the problem was. And she wanted to help me find a therapist. And so I was like, no, 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 I got this. Because if, if she helped me, you know, it would be basically adding myself to her. The day before I went to therapy for the first time, I went and bought a big bottle of tequila. And I sat her down in the apartment and took like three shots. And I was like, okay, I've got something to tell you. And the rest is history.
0: It sounds as if there were some substantial changes that occurred, not only just in how you know your, your personal identity, but even you know like your how you were living your life.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's it's vastly different. I barely remember my old life because it was it was so, God, it was so boring. Wow.
0: <laughs> I think that's really interesting, though, because one of the reasons why I do this show is I, I feel like being able to share these stories with someone who maybe, you know, hasn't uh, seen that, that role model, per se. I always say you should really, you know, always embrace who you really are and always, you know, just, just be the thing that you, you really are. That's the best, you know, you only get one life. That doesn't mean it's easy by any stretch. It can be really terrifying, but at the same time, seeing you know, seeing others be able to go through that process and seeing others succeeding and thriving and, and and becoming happy, you know, particularly if they weren't before, I think is one of the best things to see. Again, one of the reasons why I, I really appreciate your presence on Twitter, and you know, social media.
1: Well, I mean, just to be clear, though, I'm extremely lucky and extremely privileged. I had a career that I got out to stay with. I had sort of a I mean, I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but I had a kind of financial basis. Like, so I, I have, and, and then of course my family ended up being supportive. So I have all these things that a lot of trans people end up not having access to. And you know, I definitely feel for those people. And to the extent that I can, I want to help them.
0: I know, you know, particularly with this being a Thanksgiving episode, you know, just to, be, to bring attention to this, that there, you know, there are times when things go right.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: It's really special that that you know you, you got the the family support because again that's one of the things that I find the most frustrating. I know so many I guess fluid gender and, and transgender you know, kids in particular you know the ones in their teens and, and early twenties didn't have the family support and had to you know fend for themselves and are still doing it you know and it's really really hard. This is brave to step it on your own. That's where community I think also comes in you know to the picture is that there are others who are in a similar position you know and they and and you know are, are facing the same things and so you you sort of craft your your own family in cases like that?
1: Oh, yeah. My Twitter family was my first real family. Twitter is a hell site. There's no question about it. You know, you're, if you go there, you're probably going to have a lot of negative experiences. But for me, I've had so many positive experiences. Like, I met The person who I'm with now, who is amazing, she's incredible, on Twitter, Uh, I met tons and tons of other people who are trans on Twitter, not to mention many other people from other parts of the LGBTQ plus community. Just just getting to know everybody and getting to see that that the world doesn't necessarily have to be this like dark and terrifying place for people who are different. It's kind of wonderful.
0: You know, it's really funny to go back to that coffee shop analogy with Twitter. I had loosely met you and loosely met your person independently of each other. It it was super fun uh, seeing your exchanges and then finding out that you got together (laughs) via Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the most
1: fun for me,
0: trust me. It was really special, though, because you're two really amazing people, and to be able to see that sort of unfold, it was like must-see TV, but it was on Twitter, so... <laughs> you do have an established career. You've been working in, but you also have a lot of artistic interests, and these artistic oh, interests yeah. in particular are kind of who you are too, and how you choose to present yourself to the world, even artistically. Which you know is something I've, I've found really interesting.
1: There's a whole reason why I, you know, ended up doing sort of I call it wacky makeup, but but my style it's like laser fam or cyber fam or whatever. It's just like. It's not necessarily meant to be, like, super feminine. It just ends up being feminine. But to me, it has a sci-fi quality to it. Like, that was the... Sort of the impetus was... Like, I saw that show, Euphoria, on HBO. And, you know, Hunter Schaefer was the trans girl that was in that show. She always had these kind of amazing makeup designs. They were relatively simple compared to the stuff that I do. It was just, like, colorful eyeliner and these little, like, pieces of glitter and stuff. And I thought that was, like, really amazing... And then I read a quote of hers that was about her saying that she didn't mind being known of as a trans woman out in the world. And it's like that generation that she comes from, they're just a lot better about the concept. The one that I come from, she's not nervous about being seen that way. And her generation is really cool with trans people. And my generation and older generations just have a lot more trouble with the concept. And are a lot less accepting, and I saw that, and I felt like, you know, I really would need to be, like, more visible, and more, like, out there, and just, like, normalizing what it means to be trans, because I've had that conversation before with people who are from, you know, other parts of Texas, and they would say after we had a conversation, like, you know, I didn't know that trans people could be this way, I'm like, trans people are just regular people. Knowing that made me really want to get out there. And then, of course, I see all these fun makeup designs on sci-fi and cyberpunk stuff. And it's like, how come only like face alien characters get to have fun makeup? So I just decided to go for
0: it. For all the listeners, I hope you get a chance to check out some of Claire's makeup designs. Because again, it's one of the most fun things of the day is seeing what four pictures you're going to put up today. It's playful and it shows your personality and, you know, it's it just looks cool. The ability to to find something that can distill a piece of your personality and, you know, wear that. Whether it's, you know, certain items of clothing or in your case, you know, working on the the laser film. You know, makeup design—it's really beautiful because people get a sense of who you are without even hearing your voice or, or talking to you, and it's very cool.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you like it. A lot, a lot of people seem to, and I get compliments all the time out in the world. You, you would say something like that and think, you know, I live in Texas, <laughs> and um, to be fair, I live in Dallas or like North Dallas, so. It's a pretty liberal place, but you would imagine a lot of people on horses with cowboy hats. So you're around here, are you? <laughs> but usually, like I went into the courthouse just a couple of days ago to get some forms, just copies of forms, and the lady who was doing the scan on my purse was like really complimentary and like, how long does that take you? And I want to do that, and it's like just random people in the world are interested in you know trying it out, and that's the funnest thing, especially for me, is to see people on Twitter. Also doing it and sending me a picture of it, I love
0: that. You've served to inspire folks, Claire, you know, and that's awesome. You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing this thing, and if it brightens your day, awesome. But if it inspires you to take a risk or, or to, to, you know, try something new for yourself, what, what a great gift. I mean, that's really awesome of you. It's
1: absolutely wonderful. I, it, it was never my intention. My intention was just like, hey, everybody, I'm a giant, and look at my weird face. Like, that's really what I was going for. <laughs>
0: a lot of positivity has come out of that you know talking about the community you know one of the things that you had shared offline again was that there was a, a really fun way in which you first entered Twitter and that there was a great story so I'd, I'd love to have you you know tell me about the whole H uh, Bomber Guy mermaid story
1: of course so this would have been back in January and a YouTube streamer whose screen name is H Bomber Guy and then he had this stream to spite this like very famous and well known UK trans sub who have been lobbying I guess, to get this charity called Mermaids, which is like a, a charity for trans kids, or trans youth, I should say, for them to like lose their lottery funding. And so they were like trying to get 500000 over five years. And anyway, H. H Bomber guy was just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this Spiteful Stream. It's just going to be this small thing, just to spite this trans fund. And he started it, and then 57 hours later, he had raised like 300 or something ridiculous like that Um, and I had these like various well-known people like come onto the stream like Natalie Wynn or ContraPoints and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez showed up at one point Just a bunch of different people showed up to this thing, and it became this really big deal. And I showed up and and kind of, like, joined in, not, of course, to speak, but just to appreciate what was happening. Because at the time, you know, this was almost a year ago, and I haven't seen this kind of outpouring of support from a community for, for trans youth or for trans people in general. I... I have been treated well. I'm very lucky. My transition has been, been very smooth. I've had very few encounters, like negative encounters with people because of it. But just to see that, because I know the stories out there, it was just amazing to see like this outpouring of support. It was really positive. And because of that, I started using Twitter. Like that's when I got on Twitter um, because there was a link to it. I like went and changed my profile and started kind of talking to of different people from the community but also like sparring with transphobes and and the more like i guess distilled version of them called turf which is a really (laughs) kind of interesting uh reason to get on. And ever ever since then, I've I've been like going back and forth with people and just kind of like building up my own little thing on Twitter. And I really appreciate like a number of people from the community, very inspirational people like Kate Spice and like Katie Montgomery, those people who I really still look up to. They have, you know, razor sharp tongues and they go after these people. And I'm I'm not particularly good at uh, writing an argument. I just want to give people a hug and be like, hey, come on, calm down. And that doesn't really work on Twitter, so um, you know. But I do what
0: I can. That is sort of the point: doing what you can. You know, some people just aren't built to deal with that level of you know negativity, and some people don't like that conflict. But to be able to show the positivity and to show the inclusion and to be welcoming is equally powerful. That's what draws a lot of this community together: is knowing that you know there's shared experience and there's a trust, and you know you can say things that you wouldn't necessarily to others in a in an environment in which it's understood. And
1: the support is unreal, you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how it is in other parts of the world, but you know, before I started transitioning, I never had people who lifted me up in the same way as they do now in in the Twitter community. If I'm having a bad day, I can just say that, and I get a bunch of people who are like, feel better, and and I participate in that too. When somebody's having a bad day, it's just a lot of people like wanting to see others be happy, and that's a contrast to a lot of what I see in the world today, where. It's a lot of people who are exploiting other people's pain and suffering for, I guess, you know, just some kind of like fun factor, which is weirdly terrifying to me and also quite confusing.
0: My hypothesis is that there's a lot of people who are really blocked, who are not able to be who they are supposed to be either. There's a lot of, you know, gender tropes and identity tropes that people feel trapped within and act out negative ways. And if everyone could sort of unblock, I don't think it would fix everybody. But I think that there's a lot of people in the community who are unhappy that need to find who they really are and need to be able to use their voice, you know, how they really should be. That's what's causing some of the negativity, in my opinion. Not not all of it. They're just some really crappy people, too.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. I I have known quite a few of them in my travel. But yeah, I think I think so too. I think there's an element of jealousy or fear to see people be as free. You know, most of the trans people I know like dropping those shackles, you know, they're basically flying at this point. A lot of people see that and they want it and they can't have it and so they want to drag people down. I think that I think that's a real factor.
0: Again, I think being able to share that positivity and eventually, you know, it can wear it away. The thing about identity is that's an individual choice. And you know, you have a lot of choices in your life who you're gonna spend your time with, who you're gonna surround yourself with, and that's something that you have to take on yourself and hopefully, you know, you, you have an environment in which you, you can do that. Part of this is sometimes you don't always have that, too. It's so wonderful when that does happen, when you do have the family that is supportive, when you do have the friends who, you know, love you no matter what and love you for who you actually are. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I have local friends who are not trans. You know, the first people I came out to were people I worked with. They were, like, immediately supportive as well. I'm so thankful for them because they basically, like, formed this phalanx of protection around me for for like six months, I didn't experience anything negative because I was constantly surrounded by them when we were in public. Those are allies. Those people are just absolutely wonderful. My best friends they, they just helped me so much <laughs> to get through those like initial stages where, by my by my own description, I I, I looked absolutely world endingly terrible.
0: Did you know before you came out that so many people were going to be supportive, or you know, did you have any clue, or was it was it all pleasant surprises?
1: Almost all of the friends that I sur- surround myself with tend to be sort of on the liberal side of the spectrum i have a few friends who are like kind of in the in the center and and maybe one or two people who fall on the right in some way so i i figured they would be like okay in general with trans people but i wasn't sure like how they would be with me because I, I just wasn't, like, a very enjoyable person to be around. I, w- I was, like, kind of an irritating douche, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why, why I was that way. I was probably very unhappy. I seem to remember being depressed, but all of that is so far away now, and I'm so happy now that, um, you know, it's hard to remember. So I, w- I was worried, and, and I'm pretty sure somewhere in there I lost some people, but for the most part, everyone was just really cool. And I didn't expect them to be absolutely terrible. I wasn't sure necessarily what to expect, but they were awesome. My job was immediately awesome. Day one, they were like, what are your pronouns? What do you want to call you? Like Some of the things people don't get that. And right. like I said, I'm just really, really lucky and very thankful.
0: What are some of the things you know, in this Thanksgiving episode that you'd love to you know, shout out, thanks-wise?
1: I definitely want to thank my mom. She's She's been incredible. She, you know, she asks questions. She wants to know what's going on with me. She says she doesn't necessarily understand everything that's happening, but she has consistently tried to like use my name and my pronouns, and she does it right now. I I want to thank my friends for protecting me and kind of like helping me through those initial early stages of transition. I definitely want to thank my girlfriend because she makes every day just, like, absolutely wonderful. I want to thank the people I work with because, like, my bosses, for instance, they are also very supportive. Like, when I said, hey, I'm probably going to get some surgeries, and they're like, it's cool, you get it, we'll figure out how you can work from home. And then I'm like, hey, I'm going to move across the country, and they're like, it's cool, you can take your job with you. They're just extremely flexible, and they 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 want me to be happy, and it's it's so rare to find something like that. I guess I just want to thank, like I don't I don't have any particular belief in a deity, but I kind of just want to thank the universe for what's possible and for the fact that I can have the life that I feel like I was meant to have instead of being stuck in a depressive state in in a sort of catatonic, rather large and angry shell.
0: Is there anything else that? you wanted to touch on or talk about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, support trans kids. They're, like, the most vulnerable of, like, all trans people. Also, like, whatever anyone can do to give a voice to trans people of color, I think we should definitely be doing that. And then, of course, it's Trans Awareness Week, so shout out for that. You know, trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary identities are totally 100% valid. I guess that's it.
0: Claire, if people want to connect with you and see your latest makeup designs, how can they find you?
1: Well, if you get on Twitter, I'm at dev underscore deets, so D-E-V underscore D-E-E-T-S. I think that's the best way. My Instagram is innocuous (laughs) <laughs> no E at the end. I guess those are really the only ways.
0: Claire, it has been a pleasure getting to know you better. You know, thank you for joining us on the program and I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
0: Thanks again to Claire Aaron for joining us despite having a cold on today's program for this Thanksgiving episode. And if you'd like to connect with Claire, find her on Twitter at dev underscore Deeds as well as on her Instagram I'll put that information in the show notes On this special Thanksgiving episode, there are a lot of people who I'd love to thank. We have a lot of support on this show, particularly from BAM Studios out of Chicago. Brian Reed has uh, found a way to fit our show in no matter what, and I really appreciate that. Philip Von During and Sven Johnson have both contributed greatly to the show, not only serving to help as a guide and listen to ideas, but just to provide feedback. Philip is one of our recording engineers, and uh, Sven has edited and mixed every single episode, so thank you, Sven. Additionally, I'd like to thank some of the other people who have helped out with the show. Uh, Matt Soro has recorded for us. Dave Leffel is recording today. Thank you, Dave. Uh, we have uh, Sydney Jones and Emlyn Myers. Angela, who has helped us with all of our scheduling. And I want to thank you tons because we could not do this show without all of this help. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to visit us at kaiharding.com shoutbox or drop me a line at shoutbox at kaiharding.com. We are also on Twitter as well as Facebook, so find you know, Shoutbox Podcast on either of those. Uh, today's program was recorded by Dave Level of BAM Studios in Chicago, and the program was edited and mixed by Sven at Blue Box Studio. As always, and a final thanks to Melody Jane Wachtel of the band This Is A Stick Up, We love your music. Thank you so much. So again, happy Thanksgiving and have a beautiful week.